Hello, welcome to another episode of The Point Forward. PJ, I think this is the absolute most jam-packed it has been between podcasts since you and I started recording a few years ago. We've had the end of the season, well, end of really the end of the 2018-19 season uh, with the finals ending. Uh, we've had some huge trades land. We've Draft is going on as we speak. Uh, we're going to talk it all about it all today. What's going on, man? Yeah, we're still awaiting the decision of a few more young men who get told where they're going to be, their future employer is going to be without any choice. Um, yeah, we did a bad job of scheduling out the uh, little post-finals recording and then how the finals ended and then some events last weekend. It just... We're a little slow to it. Ah, we're taking our time. Yep, and that's my fault. I was out of town uh, fl- yeah. flying both during game six, when, which ended up being the last game of the series, and then was going to be flying back on during game seven, had that been going on. and So that's my fault. Don't blame PJ. But I want to go back. You Yeah, I'm that, done delaying podcast recordings on my end. Is that you saying that you're anti-draft and you think that all players coming out should just be able to sign with whatever team that's willing to pay them? I just feel like we could probably do a different structure that there was more choice in the matter. You, We will have to table that as a separate podcast one day because I'm curious. I've thought about this. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I also don't know how you make it work. That I just think drafts are outdated, and you could just basically assign – guys you could assign the worst team like you could give them all like a draft budget or a draft like cap each so if you're the worst team maybe you get 10 million dollars to use to sign rookies the second worst record you get not you know something like so you could either use that all and on one dude like zion you could offer them the most or you know so do you think, like tonight, would well, I guess, A, would there be a lottery? Would lo- the lottery go no, away in this based scenario? On, so on based record. on record. So team with the worst record, the Knicks, would they have the most money or would it be kind of tiered? Yeah, yeah maybe it's tiered. Maybe it's bottom three, get all get like $10 million to spend, and then next three is, you know, Nah, yeah, whatever. However you tier it structured, maybe eight and a half or something. I don't know. Hmm. That's for smarter people than me to determine how you want to do it that way. But then you just kind of have a bucket, and then we get kind of a different. We get a mini off season free agency bonanza. And I'd like. Re- well, I'd also like it if they did it after the uh, NBA free agency, or it could go on at the same time. I don't really care. I think that's really cool in theory. I definitely agree that I'd much prefer the draft to take place after free agency is concluded. There's been yeah, a I mean, lot you of could paid. still do like a night. I mean, you could still make it a night where it's like, all right, like here are all these guys, and like then they all like maybe they just announce who they're going to sign with or something. There's been a lot of hate on Twitter tonight around guys wearing the wrong hat. 
Oh. <laughs> so that could solve all those problems. I think that's so stupid, but whatever. To be upset uh, that people are wearing the wrong hat? Yes. I think it's perfectly reasonable to think that it's kind of silly to have the draft before free agency, which I agree with, but the dra- the hat thing. It's like right now, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon's like, nephew just got drafted. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because it's not on the screen. Dude, I don't remember what it is. No, Dikembe Mutombo's. Yeah, thank you. Dikembe Mutombo's. That wasn't racist. It was more of like center <laughs> shot blocking centers from oh that's the nineties that and eighties. Yeah, that's exactly it. He uh, <laughs> he, uh, I mean, he's wearing a Brooklyn Nets hat, and he's I mean, he got traded to the Warriors Bull- are taking Jordan Poole. Interesting. Hmm. Where's Bulbul getting taken? Yeah, Warriors could have taken him. Anyway, we are really bearing the lead with this stuff. It has been. A very very fun draft at least in my opinion like there have been a ton of trades especially right before the draft started at the very beginning of the draft you know it all started i mean there were definitely some like buying some second rounders and some moving some more smaller stuff around earlier in the day but then right before the draft tj warren gets traded to the pacers with the 32nd overall pick for cash which is the first move in a line of questionable moves, in my, at least one man's opinion, tonight. And it's because TJ Warren makes you know roughly $10, $11 million a year over the next three years, and Indiana gets a good good wing player, and they did desperately yeah. need scoring. Um, and they didn't have – they got another pick for him too. So it was just a salary cap dump for Phoenix, which I don't really know why they're trying to dump salary, uh, at least not salary that's attached to a position that is more sought after. But anyway, that's kind of started off the they night. they know something we don't. Yeah, they must have something going on, or they know they're they're signing someone. But then this Kelly Oubre. Fa- <laughs> oh yeah, I immediately thought of that when you and I were texting before this, but. Atlanta then gets the number four pick from the Pelicans, which I, we're going to talk about this trade in more in more detail because I want to get your take on it. But they get the number four pick and a second round pick, and they take on Solomon Hill's expiring contract, and the Pelicans get number eight, number seventeen, a second rounder, and a future first that's protected, but will convey in twenty twenty one unprotected if it doesn't hit. So, and then following that. My big trade, Timberwolves move up from six to eleven, give up Sarich, and take Jarrett Culver at six. Uh, and there have been some picks since then, but there's those were definitely the big ones at the top. Um, but let's just kind of move through the draft here. Zion goes number one. Really, no, no surprise. Coming. Completely out. The of The biggest field. surprise I think in the Zion pick was that how many people found themselves crying in his uh with, along with him in his uh post game interview with Maria Taylor. I was watching this with our friend Ryan and I was just like that's good. that's the dude you want. He is going to be so like he's I was just tearing a, up. he's an incredibly genuine guy. He's the type of guy you want as the face of your franchise. And it was really cool to see. I mean, he knew that he was going to be the first-round pick for months and months and months, and then it happens, and it's just like such a genuine moment. It was really cool. Uh, and yeah, RJ it's Barrett's, wild for like him knowing he was going to be the number one pick, and then like still in that moment to be like, 
like to like feel holy it shit, I'm like, the number yeah. one pick. And it's like yeah. these these people are. It doesn't. It's really easy to look at like Zion Williamson and be like, it doesn't even seem like they're like a human being because everyone Whoa. they're on commercials and they're on TV and they're like these glorified <sighs> people. Definitely, but definitely view them as human beings. <laughs> Well, I'm saying that I think that many people don't really think of them as having feelings. Oh, I thought, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a thing we shouldn't do, but it, yeah. I'm not saying that that is, in fact, who he is. I'm saying no, that I, I think people, I, I thought you people were going... in the public eye like that is just like, you know, I like you don't really think of them as feeling things just like every human does and like caring about things and having families just like everyone does. And so seeing Zion with his mom and having a cool moment like that was like, it was awesome. And he's going to be right. We're going to talk about the AD trade later Pelicans. Then their overall, their roster is, is a lot of question marks, but mostly positive. But you and I can talk about that. John Morant goes number two. That was also not a surprise. RJ Barrett, number three. Um, Knicks definitely if I'm a Knicks fan I'm pretty sour because I didn't get Zion but uh, I think RJ's RJ, a good consolation I think he's going to be a good NBA guy uh, I want him to be but I also I I could see us like looking at <laughs> RJ Barrett in the similar way we were looking at uh like Ben McLemore <laughs> in a few years that would be too bad, but I that mean, was no. I mean, like I don't want that, but I, I could I see that that he's a dude guy. Him. I know that you're he. Don't want that. Well, the thing with him is just like I think he was pretty limited from uh, being on the uh, having to play at Zion, and just you know, Coach K's system, and like just every. Like, I just think he his ability to showcase some of what he can do was was. Um, you know, I think you got a very watered down version of RJ Barrett's game, so I think you know with Fizdale, that's a good. I think that guy's going to work well with him, and is that's a good situation for him, which you really haven't been able to say about anyone being picked by the Knicks really in the last. Pretty much since we've been alive, you know, I think at least that perspective, like he'll be in a position to succeed um him being like really wanting to be playing new york and all that i think is you know that's great i don't know if he understands as much of like what that actually means and if you know he does struggle how will they how will that media i guess handle him and like cover him and like how will he let that affect him and how like, that's that is there's a lot there that i don't know if he's Granted, he did just play for a team that was covered an insane amount for a college basketball team. Yeah, it's essentially the the who's almost the Warriors equivalent of NCAA basketball. So you you couldn't yeah. have been you couldn't have been under the spotlight more than he was. Yeah, he and couldn't he, have got a he, better. He also prep. got he got a lot of criticism at Duke, and he still ended up being the number thir- the third overall pick. It'll be interesting to see how this all shapes out with like. The big thing, concern I have for me is like your situation definitely is going to dictate, can dictate your how your career starts out in the NBA. Oh, yeah. and no, for sure. He might, he's going to be in a bad situation. Like they could get, like things could Why? play out in free agency different than what we think it is. And Uh-oh. you could have some healthy, talented free agents come in there. 
and he could not have too much pressure from day one. Which I think would be good for him. Which I think would be having pressure or having some of that alleviated a little bit. I think if he played with some established veteran dudes, like that would be See, a yeah. really good thing for him. I think so too, but my concern is that they're not going to land anybody or they're going to get KD, who's not going to play this year, and then it's going to be the, the R.J. Barrett show. And I'm not sure if that's what you want day one with the Knicks. Have him then. Then I'll go. Then I'll go train with Kobe that off season, and you have Celtics (laughs) two point oh. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think if they're gonna do, if they were, if the Knicks are going at this, yeah, I mean, I think they'd have to find. They had to do their due due diligence to at least identify a veteran guy they could bring in, you know, one way or another, even if it's just for a year, someone to like. Because, I mean, if it's between Kevin, if it ends up being, you know, something where, yeah, it was R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox are the primary scorers on the Knicks next season, I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing, but you need, you know, some good vets in there until that are going to, you know, be able to work with them and, and help you know, make them professional. And just, yeah, kind of show them around and take them under their wing a little bit and, like, you know, someone that's good with that situation. But you and I are both in agreement that if you're the Knicks like, sitting at three, John's INR off the board, RJ's probably the guy that you're going to take. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, overall, like, it was, yeah, I I mean, there's really nothing, I mean, yeah, I guess if you go through, I mean, I can, but overall, I mean, I wasn't really that, ex- there wasn't really anything with this draft that was, I was really interested, like, oh, I could see this going, like, eight different ways. It was really, once the trade started happening, you know, the last couple, um, you know, maybe hour and a half or so before the actual draft started, you could kind of see where the top, you know, five at least were, were was going. And then, you know, soon after that, then those couple of question marks fell into place. But it was more of, like, who was me picking there, and well, we kind of have a pretty good sense of who they would take if they're in that slot, you know. So right. So then the Hawks picked at four; they had moved up, yeah, to take that pick from the Pelicans. They take DeAndre Hunter out of Virginia, which I'm, I like that pick for them. I think I think so too. They they, you know, they have some good pieces on that team. And Herter and Trey Young uh, and John Collins, and now you can get a more defensive-minded, good shooting wing to yeah. come in there and should fit right in. And I, I mean, it's going to be interesting what Atlanta does this offseason because they have some cap space, but then they had a lot of picks tonight. Uh, yeah. Some one that they ended up trading away, but uh, they yeah, they also got Cam Reddish at ten, yeah. which I think was a good pick. I mean, I, yeah. I at ten, I think that you're fine because you have a super athletic guy that's incredibly long that could theoretically play power forward at his height. Although he's gonna, he's lanky as hell. So I mean, that might be tough from day one. But like, you're gonna play him at the three or the four, and he should be able to knock yeah. down threes. And I mean, they essentially, yeah. I mean, they. So got, I liked what they did. I yeah. really liked what they did. I mean, they got two guys that they were both considering. Oh, come on! I hope the Bucks take Bull Bull. Oh, I want the Bucks to take Bobo. Um 
I think the, uh, you know, if you look at the Hawks, yeah, being able to get Cam Reddish, I think Cam was, you know, one of the, the, their, you know, top guys on their board too. So to be able to get both of them, um, I think, yeah, you have to feel good as a Hawks fan. And yeah, DeAndre Hunter, like, I think his, his, like, basement is very high. Like, I, I just don't know what his potential could be, I think, but, like, he has the skill set, especially with modern NBA, to be, like, a solid contributing role player, I think, at the very worst. Um, but, you know, based on him in developing more, I, I think him being in a not in that Virginia offense and kind of maybe giving a little more freedom to play, uh, I'm excited to see that. And, and you know, having him put, paired with Trey Young, I think it's only going to be beneficial for him. Uh so yeah, a lot of it I feel it feels to me is something where, um, you know, his progression or what his potential could be. It's like, it's really only net positive what the what they're drafting is still going to be a, a serviceable NBA player, and then, you know, it's only you know gravy on top from there. And Cam's um, got some work to do, but I mean, him coming off the bench, I think for that team is a good spot, and you know that. I think that's and that ends up being a good situation for Cam as well. I think so too. Uh, so then Darius Garland gets picked fifth by the Cavs. I was surprised by this. I know that the league is trending a little bit more that like shooting guard, point guard, who really cares? We just need some playmakers at those positions, or at least need two playmakers on the floor. And if you're the Cavs drafting best available probably makes sense like this is not a team yeah. that's ready to win now dear i can't claim to know what kind i don't of know I've, darius garland is i've i watched some highlights over the last few days just kind of get a feel for him but he's such a small sample size he can definitely shoot the shit out of the ball I and mean, it looks very athletic but Said the same thing um, with marco folds right i've not uh, said yep. it's the same thing but i no, i mean but that's that was like a crazy crazy thing that happened but uh, Darius Garland gets picked fifth. They're going to roll in with Colin Sexton and him, kind of new wave Cavs. And then we got yeah, I'm the Timberwolves. Glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad the Darius Garland decision was made for – I'm glad he was the first one. So I just – I mean, yeah, we can go. We'll, we'll keep going into it. But I was like, all right, yeah, that so that can be someone else's teams. That can be someone else's, you know, fun experiment or whatever. I – didn't want that for my basketball team per se and i really didn't either i was if he was i had every until it was reported that they were taking him i was i thought that they were going to take jared culver because he was the best best rated wing on the board and i didn't think they were going to be taking a point guard because they had sex and they take darius garland i thought timberwolves were locked in at taking a point guard at six uh they obviously traded up and surprisingly they they took Jared Culver. It was reported. PJ, I fucking thought it was happening. I thought Wiggins was gone. I thought that they were somehow going to package this together and they were going to get him out of there. And it didn't happen. Because right up in, you know, at the very beginning of the draft, after Ooh. they traded for the number six pick, and like literally when they were on the clock, Woe just bombing us with the Timberwolves are on the call, fielding offers for six. And. So I thought that it was going to happen, but it did not. They take Culver, which, you know what? 
we don't have a long-term answer at point guard. That's not great. But getting some more athletic wings is not a bad thing. And now you could play Wiggins off the bench if you wanted. And it's, you know, all, all in all. That'd be crazy. I hope they do that. That's what they should do. That, to that start is, the season? That'd be insane. I I don't give a shit. Put that guy on the bench. He he. The only thing he should be doing is firing off those kinds of shots against second units. He should not be shooting the shots he shoots starting a game. It is dog shit. So put him to the bench. We can start Jared Culver. That's fine. I hope he does. I'll gladly eat my words if he's able to to pull that off. But um, Jared Culver, hey, got another athletic wing that. Can't really shoot great from the line. Can't really shoot threes. Bo was a Big Twelve Player of the Year and great defender. Yeah, I mean, all happens. I really, I saw I think one Texas Tech game in the regular season. And I really only watched them in the uh, national championship. No, yeah, I mean, no, I was just like throughout the tournament watching those yeah. games. But like, yeah, he had some moments, but there's nothing about him that I necessarily felt. Uh, like blown away by yeah it was that's that was another situation where i was like you know he, he if he ends up being really good i'll i'll you know good for the team that drafted him but that wasn't something i was all that interested in i think he the reason why i was okay with the timberwolves like sarich you're giving away uh potentially like a stretch four type of guy which is not great because those are tough guys to find. But he hasn't been great the last two years. He's approaching free agency after the next season, and the Timberwolves would have had to pay him, and he's not necessarily a guy that they would want to pay. So trading him away to move up and getting a guy that you want is fine. But I'd rather see them take a shot on a guy that could be really fucking good, like Kobe White, versus a high-floor guy like Culver. And that's what I think of him as, is I think that he could turn into a solid 3-and-D guy in the league where Kobe White could be a starting point guard. And that's at number seven. That's who the Bulls took. And if I were you, I'd be pretty happy as a Bulls fan because he was fun as hell. I know he's a North Carolina guy, so that might... Oh, I don't... That, no, I, I, know you, I know you don't really care about that now, but he's got the dopest hair I've seen in, coming into the draft for a long time, at least since Lonnie Walker. So... You got that since last year's round. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. What do you think about that pick, Beach? I well, I when Minnesota moved up, I resigned to the fact that like, unless someone traded up or traded with Cleveland and wanted to take you know, um, Gilbert or you know someone was gonna move up to take, I was like, oh no. Point guard is not going to be available in that uh, <laughs> said spot. Um, and I was worried that the Bulls were going to be in the position that the uh, your, your Timberwolves are in with Jarrett Culver. Um, I'm glad they're not. I'm glad Kobe, Kobe, I wanted them to get DeAndre Hunter and Kobe White. Probably were the two top guys on my little wish list. Um, so... Um, yeah, very happy with that. I mean, it, it just how it worked out. It was it essentially became a thing of like, even Gar Pax couldn't screw this up. Like they just it was default pick. All right, you get to take Kobe White. Um, 
yeah, who I, I really started to like second half of this the college basketball season. Um, but then really, I mean, him in the tournament and like AC, you know, ACC tournament, March, I mean, he showed me a lot. Like, I, I think he's impressive. I think, you know, his natural skill set, his speed, um, is, is just aggression on the court. Um, kind of how he runs a, a team, I think. Yeah, I do think there's going to be a probably first, you know, 40, 45 games this season, 50. I think there's going to be a lot of bumps in there. Um, I, I, I do have a feeling there's going to be a lot of uh, some big turnover games to start the season. Um, I, do I mean, the, think, Bulls yeah. are not, the Bulls are not going to be a playoff team next year. But no, but be, I'm saying it's going to be, be a bumpy be, start for him, I think. They should be fun, and there is a good chance that you look back after next year and you're like, the last three drafts, we nailed all three picks in the first round, which well, is huge. They, I mean, for and picking at seven, yeah, I, I do want to say that I would like to get out of the seventh overall pick game. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good on that, um, dude. I think. I think you could be right around it again next year. <laughs> if Kobe White ends up being, you know, you know, promising, and you know, we'll see his first season, but like. You at least have three guys you're feeling positive about that you picked at seven. Like let's let's move out of that business. Let's maybe we move to you know you know get a top four pick or yeah let me pick eight or let me pick six or I don't actually want to pick eight. Uh, yeah let's pick let me pick like top three once and then we'll we won't have to worry about lotteries anymore and we can uh, you know start making the playoffs and competing again. Um yeah, there that's going to be interesting. I think after next season that's when you're going after a free agent to try to really execute. It's essentially the Otto Porters we got two seasons with the Otto Porter and then yeah, I mean stuff like that. So um I'm not 100% sure what they're they kind of just, I mean, as per usual with the Bulls, they're just making up this plan as they go. So um, I'm just kind of hoping that if there's a regime change, hopefully at some point when they're ready to compete. Oh, you're, so, hope, you're hoping for that. That huh? there's some, uh, Wait, there's some usable pieces that the, you know a different front office can maybe I take thought you over. Liked, but I thought Boylan and Pax were your guys. And Garforman. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, you always read Gar Foreman, which I don't blame you for, but he's really the one where my most hate goes to, and then you know, the other ones, but um, as well. But yeah, uh, no, I mean, like I said, yeah, they. I'm glad they lucked out that they couldn't screw this pick up and do something that I was going to be upset with. So at least gives me a feeling of like a base, like cool. But like, really, what right now, like, I really feel like the Bulls' core is just becoming like essentially the nuggets and we're just not going to have Jokic like a Jokic type player which turns out that helps a lot <laughs> well yeah it's, it's like we're going to be that but like none of the Bulls picks are going to like have this crazy development and you know become a top you know, 10 player like that's insane to just you know and to have anyone do that but you know I like the idea I like to have the debate right um and then eighth pick, Pelicans uh, trade. This is a pick that they traded and they got in their trade with Atlanta. 
They picked Jackson Hayes, center out of Texas. Whose Can't mom, I guess, I... played basketball at Drake, man. Oh, no shit. I didn't know so that. they said on the broadcast. Yeah, I, well, I missed that. But he, uh, that's going to be interesting. I mean, they definitely want, they don't really have an answer at center. They have a lot of depth in other places in that, on that yeah. roster. Uh, so makes sense. I don't know how he's gonna, how good he's gonna be. Uh, I think that they're him and Zion together. paired together could be fun though. Oh, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to know. I mean, there are a lot of centers that go after in free agency, so it'll be well. They picked up uh, Jaleel's option today too. Yep. So that's a lot of Dukies, um, a lot of Dukes <sighs> on that Pelicans roster. Yeah. Shouts to Frank Jackson as well. And Rui Hachimura gets picked ninth uh, by the Wizards. Apparently, had not worked out or spoke to them, but got Yo. picked by them. So Shouts was... to the Wizards, man! Extending like Jesus. almost forty years of not winning fifty games. You gotta be consistent. What is going on? And then we're now we're at Cam Reddish at ten, which we've already talked about, um, and just rattling off a few of these. I don't think we're gonna do a deep dive. I can't. Cam Johnson gets picked at 11 from North Carolina, which was a surprise, another surprising move by the Suns. That was the pick they got from Minnesota. P.J. Washington to uh, Charlotte. Which, Tyler. most Charlotte pick ever. Oh, very much so. Like, I, and I like, like, I don't want that to seem like I don't like, I actually do like P.J. Washington's game. Yeah, I, I was, like, if the Wiz, or if the Timberwolves take him at 11 when they had the pick, I would have been fine with it. I was like, that... I like him, but you're right. He's like, but like he, like him and Miles Bridges have so many redundancies to their game, and it's just I feel like Charlotte takes all these safe bad picks, and like they don't like. I mean, it's like yeah, take the safe pick, but these guys aren't going to move the meter. There's no, there's there's really no potential there. It's just like oh yeah, we're going to take the we're literally going to take the 12th best player in this draft. And then, you know, we're not going to really, you know, try to be ambitious and, and scout or something. Yeah, look at potential and, like, you know, yeah, I would have liked to say them. I would have, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, but the kid out the of French uh, kid. France. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, like, like, I, like you can that sell me a good that, pick. Like, Just, like, take a swing at something because he's, like, incredibly athletic and can, like, do some stuff and might be able to progress into being, like, a star in the league. P.J. Washington's probably going to be a rotational guy. If you're yeah. the Hornets where you are now with your cap situation, is that the type of guy you want? Nah, I'm I'm with you. That's yeah, I mean, I not to say, to like, it. you're going to be able to do this, but, I mean, just, like, the idea of you taking guys like, you know, Giannis or, like, just, you know, Pascal Siakam, like, the, the Hornets would never take a Pascal Siakam. But, look, you know, he's three years or later. Or or any of these guys well, yeah. that were kind of overlooked in the first. Yeah, I mean, I think you know that's just reflecting of their front office and like being able to evaluate talent and identify someone. But like, just looking at that, you're like, damn, like, yeah, I just, I never would, ex- I will never expect the Hornets to make that kind of pick. And it's like, that's kind of what you need, really. I mean, to say like, I think the Bulls are kind of the same way with these seventh picks. Like, I don't think they're, I think they're just getting a lot of luck and falling into like those guys. But it's just like the draft's kind of working itself out to, like, help them. But it's just, you know, they're picking a little higher with a little higher pedigree than what the Hornets are right now. But So they're obviously the end of the – we've reached the end of the first round, jumping into the second round now. 
there were a lot of trades in the second half of the first round too. The Celtics made a bunch of trades. Suns got back involved. Thunder were able to trade their guy. Uh, Warriors ended up just taking Jordan Poole a little bit ago. Uh, so we're not going to break down each individual pick tonight because we're going to be talking for three hours here. But yeah. we should talk about some of the big trades that have happened over the last last couple weeks. And the big one that happened, well, do you want to start with Conley? The or Tony Snell jump- trade? <laughs> well, Tony Snell went to the Pistons, created some cap room, got some wing help for the Pistons. There's that. Should we talk about <laughs> Conley or should we talk uh, – or should we – you talk want to talk about, about AD? I think Might you well should do. probably talk about Anthony Davis. <laughs> so Anthony Davis – I don't know if you heard, he got traded to the Lakers. For a King's Ransom of Lonzo, B.I., uh, I like Hart. to say a Pelican's billful. <laughs> the number four overall pick that was then turned into – Two first in tonight's draft, a future first, and got rid of Solomon Hill's contract. Got a 2021 unprotected, which becomes unprotected in 2022, a pick swap in 2023, and an unprotected 2024 that could be deferred to 2025 if the Pelicans wanted to. So, I if you're listening to this, you've probably listened to very many, like a lot of opinions on where each team fits with this overall uh, trade. And I don't think you and I are going to sit here and rehash every piece of all of that. What I will say and what I would like to talk about is what do the Pelicans do from here and how do you like their the moves here as well as the moves that they made stemming from this tonight. And then the big thing with the Lakers – they now are going to have between twenty three and thirty one million dollars of cap room, and it's looking like it's going to be more close. It's going to be closer to the twenty three million. Yeah. So what do they do with that money? Is not really as big of a question because they're not going to have a max spot. They're not going to get Kyrie. They're not going to get Kemba. They're not going to get Kawhi with that amount of money. So like, we could talk about the type of guys that they may want to target in this upcoming draft, but it's going to be rotational guys to kind of fill that roster out, which to me, like, so I guess the question for the Lakers is if that is what they end up having to do, is this, do they have the best, is the, do they have the best shot at winning the West next year? Based off what we I, know now, the lot of free agency shit's going to happen, but based off what we know now, you have two arguably top five players on this roster and little else. Yeah, but I think yeah with yeah let's I mean start with, let's start with the Lakers. Pete. I mean it's just like and you know it's it's kind of it's it's something where it's basically like the Anthony Davis and LeBron James wanted to play in L.A. and now they're getting to play in L.A. So shouts to player empowerment. Um, but it's not really that the management did anything great to make either of those things happen, and I mean. Like, yeah, you see the report last night or whatever that they weren't aware of some of the cap implications <laughs> of I didn't, doing I think AD they trade. messed that up a little bit. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I think in some ways, though, like, I, I think you can maybe make the argument that, like, at least LeBron AD is the, a pretty good foundation. <laughs> um, and I don't know if yep. you do another super. I mean, I, I think... 
this might be a situation where yeah, by keeping Kuzma, that's gotta kind of be your third piece, and you do have to fill with like some depth, some role players, and really try to, uh, you know, carve out something that's gonna work. That's you know, this is this is the actual team building portion that those guys yeah, are paid they, millions of dollars to find, and I can't really get, say until I know who those shooting. are. What? Yeah, obviously. They need to but... go go spend that money on some shooting and then get some veteran use veteran minimum contracts to to get a center or two and some guys that are ring chasing. Yeah, I mean I think I think there's I think with Anthony Davis being there, like there are definitely gonna be a few more guys that are gonna be more inclined to like probably go there. Um I um yeah, I mean, I just I would need to see, and I just don't know what they're gonna do with that, and if they can create more space, great. Um, we'll see. Um, I also don't think if anyone says you know Anthony Davis about winning, he should uh, shouldn't take his uh, trade kicker like f that like he should a hundred percent take that. Um, it's just free money. I don't care, but. I don't think I mean, anyone even would be criticizing coming, him would not even take if LeBron you know, free money. Is coming, even if LeBron is coming, it's like, I'll just pay you $4 million. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe his, his uh, Space Jam's contract will be for that difference. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean... Feel, I, I know I, everyone's saying he's going to decline it. Or, excuse me, I, I know everyone's it. saying that he's going to take it. I, I think... I think he's gonna decline it. I think that money's coming elsewhere. That's what I think. I think that dude, people will throw a fit if he declines it, though. Who? And the entire NBA will throw a fit if Anthony Davis declines it, and it's like a bad look for Clutch if he declines it. I'd be surprised if he declines. It. I I I I get it. Just. That's just what I think is going to happen. Unless they, yeah, I mean, they'd have to like have an introductory press conference, and somehow everyone be like, "Oh yeah, Anthony will be accepting that." And he goes, "Hold on, listen, Rob, hold on. Nope, I'm not going to decline because I'm I'm declining it. I don't want it because we're going to win a championship. Like, have to be like one of those like they have to look like it's a thousand percent like in the moment he decided that." Right. So walk away from a free $4 million. But, um, should we, I mean, from the Pelican side, um, they acquired the Zion Williamson tonight. I don't know if you've heard of him. So whatever else you uh, – San, Sandy, big, big fan of him. <laughs> um, so basically, um, and you're transitioning away from Anthony Davis – yeah, harumph. Got another harumph out of you. Um, you know, I think it's just like, yeah, you have to get as much as you can to start a rebuild. And I think, you know, I, I and they got. I don't a lot. know if they'll be good or whatever, but yeah, I think I think Griff gave himself and his staff like enough to uh, start working with, like to get going. So the one thing, the one thing that I wasn't really a fan of is that. I don't know. I guess the a lot of people's immediate reaction out of this whole thing was like, "Holy shit, the Lakers gave up too much." No. Uh, they got. I'm Anthony concerned. Davis. 
I'm concerned Lonzo Ball. Yeah, see, I agree. 100% agree. Lonzo Ball, I I wholeheartedly am rooting for him like Lonzo. Liked him since yeah. he came out of UCLA. Was rooting for him. And I love his style of play. But I'm not 100% convinced that that dude is like a capable starting point guard in the NBA. He can't. He is a very – he's an incredibly inefficient player. He's young. He could turn out to be really, really good. And maybe he will end up being really good with the Pelicans. But, like, I'm that's not a lock. Brandon Ingram, you're going to have to pay that dude, like, 15 to $20 million after next year. Maybe more if he shows out. So, I don't – like, yeah. you are getting him, but he's going to take up a lot of cast space after that. Josh Hart, great contract, good two-way player, great to include. All those future first-round picks – those are tremendous assets that are going to help this team out when it comes to potentially acquiring a superstar in the next few years because I have a feeling this next season. Well, first of all, the, the Pelicans have max cap room. They have $30 million in cap room. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to sign any huge names this offseason, but, to, I mean, they they could sign a big name next offseason and then also trade for someone else, and then you have this roster plus – including Zion, plus two top-tier guys. And, you know, a lot of things will have to fall their way, but they have the assets to make it happen now. So I, New Orleans set up for the future, man. And they should be pretty good next year. I don't know if they'll be good or not, man. I But, I mean, yeah, I think they gave themselves, like, the right uh, amount. I mean, they, they gave themselves plenty of in the, you know, tool, toolkit to figure it out. So... You, you can't have asked for a better um, job for anyone else. I think yeah, definitely tip of the cap to Griff for getting as much as he did. And, um, you know, now it's to see what they do with it now that they got it. But, um, you know, they did get Zion Williamson, so that still is good job. Pretty good. Good job there. Um, and, yeah, you, you'll figure it out. I think it's you'll kind of build the roster around Zion and see what works and see how he develops too and what, what you need. And, uh you know, those guys from the Lakers, yeah, they're either we'll, – we'll see how they play with him and, and everything. But ultimately, it's like, yeah, you just need to find guys that can play around Zion. And um, they've definitely given – they definitely have the room and the ability to certainly, you know, build this roster and to accomplish that. Um, I just don't think it's going to be something – he'd have to be really incredible, I think, to kind of help make that a more instant thing, especially just being in the West, man. Like, you know, if they're in the East, I, you know, yeah, maybe you can make the argument they, they're a playoff team if things fall right. But that's really well, tough, especially having a rookie be your best player. And I'm not even necessarily arguing that they're gonna, that they're going to be a playoff team. In fact, I don't think that they are unless they were to sign a big name or acquire a big name. But I think that they're going to be tough. That's all I'm saying. Like, I think oh, yeah. Drew I mean, like, look to, just look at Lonzo and I, I, I look think at Lonzo and Drew Ball and that, their, their backcourt. Like, that's a very good that – that's, like, a really good defensive backcourt if Drew Holiday ends up staying there. Like, I think they're going to win 35 to 45 games. And they might miss the playoffs, but I don't think they're winning. I would know, take the, the under two. on that. You think I, they're going to win less than 35 games? 35 might be the most I would think they'll win. 
Oh, uh, well, you and I will have to talk about that more. But I, I, I think that they will be... I'm not talking. Oh, yeah, I don't want to talk over and under so we know what the <laughs> damn the roster is going to look yeah. like. Yeah, but we'll we'll see how that shakes out. Let's talk about Mike Conley. Uh, this I'm a little. Been a I year mean, it makes a t- makes a ton of a sense. Year for this to happen. Yeah, ma- makes a ton of sense for the Jazz. Mike Conley to the Jazz has been. We thought they might go to the Raptors with Marcus Sol. That didn't happen. They won without him. I'm sure Mike Conley would have wished he would have been traded, but uh, and I'm sure um, Kyle Lowry is thrilled that he, he wasn't included in that deal, but Mike Conley goes to the Jazz for Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder, uh, 23rd overall pick this year, and a protected 2020 first-round pick, which I think turns to two second-rounders if it does not convey. Uh, I mean, I'm not... I don't love the return for the Grizzlies. I'm not really a big on Grayson Allen being much in the NFL or NFL NBA. Uh, Mike Conley though, obviously I think this is a great move for the jazz. I mean, they jazz, jazz, like made a way like, like fantastic. Like, yeah. You do that trade every time. If you're the jazz to get uh, an established, a, a guy like Mike Conley. Yeah. So that, um, I mean, they. I don't know what this means as far as the Jazz becoming contenders. I am a known Jazz hater, so I I have a tough time saying like, yeah, they're gonna be, they're gonna be, you know, yeah, make the Western Conference Finals this year because they still have Houston and all these other teams, and it's too early to say. We gotta see what other these other rosters look like. And they should be significantly better. And you have to understand, like, yeah, just seeing Donovan Mitchell and. Conley play together and what they're able to kind of create for Donovan Mitchell to make his life a little easier and him maybe take some more efficient shots. Yeah. Uh, he, he's got a little Kobe in him. That's for sure. And Mike Conley pairing next to him, he's just solid. Like you're going to get your 18 and eight from Mike Conley most nights. And that's going to be huge for that team because yeah. Him and you know, Gobert in the pick and roll too will be great. Then their entire team should fit pretty well. Like I, yeah, they. He's a natural fit for them for sure. I, they are gonna be a really, really, really good team next year. Like he does <laughs> they, everything Rubio does, but better. He can shoot. Is that helps? Yeah, and he's like, he's a good defense. Like he's not. I think he was a lot better. I mean, and I don't. I never like for sure thought he was. You know, some people I think just that Grizzlies team was their grind and grit stuff like gave him a lot. like I think he's a, just a solid defensive point guard. Like I don't th- I think he's there's probably a few steps below him and like Drew Holiday, but um, I do think there's a there's a lot. Yeah, I mean I think there's a lot he's gonna be able to do that maybe were shortcomings of of Rubio that wasn't he wasn't able to help them with. Now it's yep, just for him. So, it's like he's got to be healthy. Yeah, that I mean that really is the key. But I think that if he's close to a hundred percent, that team, that team is going to be, that team is going to be really freaking good next year, and they're going to be right up. They'll there be competitive. Yeah, the Lakers and whatever version of the Warriors we're seeing. Um, we haven't talked about how Clay and Katie's injury. I don't really know what. I don't what there is really to say about that whole thing, but um, 
we'll talk about that more once we figure out where those guys are going. It's sounding like Clay's going to go back to Golden State. KD, who the hell knows what's going to happen. But let's talk about free agency a little bit. Did you? I so I did hear an interesting thing, like idea of if KD signed the signed a max with Golden State, and like yeah, rehab Sign here. Trade. No, basically like take this year, you rehab, get right, and then next off season we'll work with you to find a place that you want to go and trade you, and like we can at least get something you know in return. So but I you get I, you get your max, you get the full you get the full max. Makes an extra hundred. He makes an extra fifty-seven million dollars if he signs the full max with the Warriors. Yeah. So I, uh, I've I've heard that potential outcome thrown out there. I think it's really interesting. Obviously, other than actually keeping KD for another five years, that's next best scenario is to get some assets for trading him I don't it it's a tough question to answer or it's a tough scenario to kind of analyze because you don't know what kind of return Golden State's going to get but it's not a great look for KD if it's like yeah I'm going to like trade me to this team thank you Warriors for doing this I'm healthy now but then He's kind of sh- instantly shafting the team, or at least to some degree shafting the team he's going to, because he's literally taking assets away from them. Like he might as well, just he might as well just go there, f- you know, from year one and just sign a four-year deal or whatever place that is. Yeah, but what he wants at fifty-seven million dollars, man. Like he should be able to well, get I, it. He should be able to get it, so, and the team, the team would, any team would trade for him. Any team, if they were like, hey, KD wants to come here, we just need assets and contracts to make this work. So, but there's yeah, a lot I'd of give, trust. I'd, give, I'd, I'd twist my arm. You've done, you've done it. I'd give up Zach Levine, a couple future first-round picks to Golden State, sure. Yeah, you would do it. But then, so my point being that it's not – for the same reason why I really like the reason that KD I think is wanting to leave the Warriors, we could speculate this all day, but I think the reason he wants to leave is because he does to some degree care about his legacy, and he learned even though he like has completely like has had a as successful as a run with the Warriors as he could have. I know he didn't win it all this year, but he won Finals MVP twice and won two championships. Uh, he he still doesn't really get the credit that most guys that do that deserve. And that's because he plays with three other Hall of Famers, maybe four. And so if he wants to cement his legacy, he he's going to look like Carmelo Anthony if he's like, yeah, trade me and take assets away from the team that I'm going. It's not the same thing as what Melo did, but where Mello went to the Knicks and to get to the Knicks, the Knicks had to give up assets. KD might be going to the Knicks and to get to the Knicks, the Knicks are going to have to give up assets instead of just signing in free agency. And that is not a good look for his legacy. Uh, Like that looks poorly on Mello still to this day. Yeah. I don't know if those would be the same exact situation. They're not. They, They aren't the same situation, but the end result is the same. 
because uh, I think it just depends on what exactly the assets would be that the Knicks would have to give up. Because, like, I mean, there's so there's there's really you're not right. much. I mean, I don't think you you don't you don't bend you don't you know. I think get too crazy with it, um, but. I think that like whatever team KD would want to go to would have a little bit more leverage in the situation um, than uh, than maybe we you know just a traditional trade that would happen just you know with especially with the Warriors. I suppose, but if I'm the Warriors, how do you not try to maximize the return if you're trading Kevin Durant? You had just our complete trust in resigning him and giving him tens of millions of dollars, knowing he's going to leave, and then you're not going to try to maximize the return that you get for him. No, you I definitely do. I mean, it makes sense. No, it's not. No, I mean, if you're the Warriors, that's what. That's why you're, you do something like giving the max or you know, it's it, there's there's definitely I think a win-win for the Warriors and KD to end the relationship on a good note. Yes, it is possible. Uh, it is definitely possible. I would be very surprised if the sign and trade is ultimately what ends up happening. I think. No, you'd think, sign, wait in a year, and then get traded. Right, but it's it's you know a delayed sign and trade, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. It's be a trade um, at that point. Right. Uh, so free agency's coming up. So we'll have answers to these questions. We're you know, it's the draft. This is Thursday. Next Sunday on the 30th, luckily during the afternoon or early evening as opposed to at midnight, which is what it has been in the past, we get free agency officially starts, so the moratoriums officially starts. So I'm pumped. Can't wait to get answers for this, some of this stuff. Warriors are going to offer five-year maxes to KD and Clay, despite their injuries, which should be interesting to see what happens out of that. We've talked about that a little bit already. I think KD's going to come back. we got everything that Kyrie. We don't know where Al Horford is going, although it sounds like maybe the Mavs, but there could be other suitors too, so I'm curious to see what happens there. Um, it's going to be wild, PJ. Oh, Charlotte took Cody Martin. Where's Bobo going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Bulls are in two picks, man. If they can get Bull Bull. Oh. I, f- I think he's going to be there. With the Mavs? I don't, I think that, I don't think that, I think that, I don't think the, the Mavs are going to take him. I think that you. Because they took Kosas last year. The Bulls could take him if, I think he'll be there if you, if they won't. If they choose to, but I, yeah. I'm, there's no way that they'll make you that happy in one night. <laughs> uh, he's not allowed no, to. There's no fucking way that they're gonna make you that happy tonight. But yeah, man, it's yeah, um. We gotta get back gonna, to the abuse. We had we had too many good feelings for a few seconds here. The draft now is back to the constant abuse that is being a Chicago Bulls fan, run by Gar Foreman and John Paxson and Tibbs Light. So other than t- tonight, I feel like we talked. A lot of the stuff in the draft it somewhat paints a picture of what every team is going to look like this next season, but we're playing, a, we're talking about a lot of hypothetical scenarios tonight. Yeah. A week and a half from today, we will have some answers as to how teams are shaking out and how they're looking, and hopefully we'll have more, you know, 
a lot of that information gets leaked in the days leading up to free agency. We're going to do a pod. Chris Paul might be another traded, episode. Come out with another episode in the next week or so. Kind you you want to talk deep about Houston? dive in free agency. We, I mean, we can definitely talk about Houston a little bit because that situation, that was the big story a few days ago. Uh, Houston and Chris Paul have a, an unmendable situation or a relationship that. And Jimmy for, Butler's going to come in and save it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of fake trades I was looking at today with potentially Clint Capella coming, um, like trying to get rid of his contract, send him to Boston, send him to somewhere else um, to make up for some cap room to to get. Oh, one of the Nevada bros got picked. Yeah. Um, to make some room to get Jimmy, I don't know how they're going to make that work while keeping Eric Gordon. I, I think they would have to get rid of Eric Gordon to make it work. Yeah, which maybe that's okay, uh, yeah. but he, because uh, that's I think that's an upgrade, and they definitely need the help defensively. Yeah, I don't see that happening. And Jimmy's got a little bit of of like Jimmy is kind of a would be a good middleman between those two. I do think. I think he would be as good of a fit as you can imagine for the most part. For that to like amend but that relationship. But holy shit, yeah. if they sign Jimmy Butler to a four-year max contract, the ending of the Rockets is going to be biblical, incredible. Biblical is a great way to put it. It is going to be insane. It's either going to go horribly well and they win a championship, or just be disastrous. I could see them winning a championship in like the second year. And then in Chris Paul's final season, like there's like a fist fight. In the no, it's like room. it's a situation where like none of them want to pass the ball to each other, and like just like it goes in an extreme. And, like Chris Paul pulls out a knife and just like deflates the basketball, and it's just like fine, no one gets a ball and like leaves the court. It could happen. I mean that that would be one hell of a combination of guys. You'd have three alphas on the floor. Same time. Hey, but, last time I saw three alphas, you know, together, you know, got them t- uh, first round loss against the Celtics. But that was because one of the alphas got hurt. It's the whole thing. We, we can get into. It. We don't have to get into <laughs> we it. We don't right have now, to but. dive into that. Um. Yeah. So the I don't know what's gonna happen with the Rockets. I don't think they can trade Chris Paul. Although I will trade. I will trade Andrew Wiggins for Chris Paul. I'll do it. Do you want it? Rockets? You, you want know? to trade with somebody? You want to trade with somebody? Let's do this. Let's make this happen. You got to take another extra you'd year. Rather, you'd rather pay a 38-year-old Chris Paul like $40 million in a few years than... Yeah. I get offered a year sooner, and I, have a long, I at least have someone at point guard for the next two seasons, three seasons. Bobo's on the board here. I didn't think I'd still be watching this draft. That I was literally going to stop watching the draft the minute Bobo got drafted. Bobo to the Bulls. Bobo to the Bulls. Do you think is Robin Lopez under contract for next season? No, he's a free agent. So ah, uh, the Bulls are going to take Daniel Gafford. Who the fuck that is? Ah, uh, really? 
Well, Boo. maybe he'll be. He might be on the. He might be available here for the T Wolves at forty four. So let's That'd make this cool. happen. Why is he not getting taken? I think people are afraid of him saying hell if he did. Fuck! It's the second fucking round. Jesus. I H. know. I know. I know. I know. Uh, any shout outs, PJ? Um. Yeah, shout out Fred Hoiberg for the Bulls drafting a point guard that would have been helpful for him under his system after they fired him. Um, shout out Kepka for never having a hot drink in his life. Uh, that was it was super weird. That was quite the thing to learn about the best golfer in the world. I mean, yeah, you could get like he's from Florida, and that could, but like never having a coffee, like never drinking coffee, seems wild to me. I, it's not a life I want. Like a nice tea. I mean, I can't be. He can't be spending all this time in the south. Maybe I guess you know he's a professional golfer. He's only in warm, Warm nice climates, climates too. Yeah. Um. That's weird. But no, I'm shout out. I just, you know, I'm very lucky in that free agency always falls or tends to fall on my birthday. So next Sunday, I'm excited to just, I'm just going to pop some popcorn and at around five o'clock, just watch the chips fall with the, where they may. It's going to be great. The draft was tonight. NBA doesn't end. We got Vegas Summer League coming in like two weeks. This is amazing. Bum the season ended. Can't. It was kind of. I. I landed. I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. Was flying during game six. Landed. Season's over. All right. Turn the page. Yeah. NBA draft. How do you think Zion plays the full summer league? Even. I feel like he doesn't. No. In fact, I would be surprised if he played at all. He'll play some. You think so? If I was the Pelicans, I would not play him in Summer League. There's no benefit in him playing in Summer League. He's not going to get anything out of playing in Summer League. Daniel Gafford, the new Bobby Portis. Is he power forward? I don't even know who that is. He's a center from Arkansas. Wow, so they went center and they didn't even take your guy. Shit, dude. I'm sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) oh he's sad now all right we'll wrap things up pj next week free agency pod we're gonna do a deep dive and all that shit everyone